My name is Chris. I'm Eddie. And I'm Steve. And this is Streaming Things, the podcast of the mostest. Erwin. <laughs> <laughs> the force is strong with this cast. Yeah, that is a good illusion. Uh, <laughs> so what we typically do uh, is we act really stupid uh, and intelligent, paradoxically. Act? We, yeah. We watch, <laughs> we watch a lot of TV and films, and we talk about them. Our show started following Stranger Things on Netflix. So anything that's streaming... Is game for this show. And this time, we're going to talk about Star Wars The Last Jedi, but we've got a few business things to attend to first. Uh, first of all, sorry we're a little late on this podcast. I was physically ill on Friday, the day the movie came out, and we were supposed to record. It has nothing to do with the quality of the film, bear in mind. No, I <laughs> had eaten some snails, but Andy had also eaten the escargot and says it was not the snails. Uh, all oh, really? I know is that I was unable to set up that snails? day. Snails? Yeah, it's pretty good. We had yeah. snails. We were trying to live our life, Steve. I, you didn't tell me this part of the story when you no. said you were sick. I would have... <laughs> I was too sick to explain. You'd been like, no shit. <laughs> <laughs> I had a snail, is what it is. <laughs> Andy, well, ate, right Andy ate several of them. You gotta I eat more to counterbalance. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, I'm fine. Um, and then Steve had some things to do this weekend, so here we are recording it now. It is what it is. We'll edit it as quickly as we can. By we, I mean Steve. Hi. Uh, <laughs> so here it is. Hopefully you're not so inundated with uh, inundated with Last Jedi coverage that you're not even listening to this. Uh, guys, before we get to that, uh, we also have a contest um, that we said that we would uh, give a prize, a uh, Funko Pop Star Wars figurine to a randomly selected email from a listener. Uh, a bunch of listeners send in emails about their, you know, favorite Star Wars moments in their past, their favorite Star Wars films. Um, so we're going to read the winner of that. And Steve, our randomly selosen, uh, selected winner is... Drumroll. Uh, no drumroll. Uh, the, the randomly selected winner of our contest is... Instead of a drum roll, I'm motorboated, which is just really <laughs> weird. Just wanted to throw that out there. All right, go. <laughs> the winner is Sarah Furman. Sarah Furman, writing in from... Oh, she forgot that part. How are we going to send the figurine? From her iPhone. Dude, it says it at the bottom. <laughs> yeah, it's right there. What did she say? No, we'll, we'll email them and uh, get, get your contact information, Sarah, so we can send that to you. But this is what she wrote, guys. It's a good email. She writes, hi, guys. I probably missed the deadline to... Too, but I just finished your Star Wars episode. You didn't miss a deadline. In fact, you mm. did it early morning on Friday, so it would have uh-huh. been before we recorded anyway. Uh, she continues, I'm going to see the new one today, so I'm super psyched that you will do a wrap-up of it. My favorites, actually, are the newer ones. Rogue One, for everything Chris said, and I loved how they pulled the whole story about what it always felt like a plot hole to me. Like, how did Leia get those plans? It seems too easy. I, I'm putting inflection into her words. Yeah, I, yeah, I love it. That's exactly how Sarah said it. She continues, I love Force Awakens too. I had always really liked the original Star Wars series. Seeing, seeing Phantom Menace 
I enjoyed it. I actually still do enjoy that one. So do I. <gasps> the dialogue isn't bad, and the pod racing is cool. I think the word she was looking for was wizard. However, <laughs> watching two and three is just really, really painful. Sitting down to watch Force Awakens, I was immediately like, fuck yes, this is awesome, and I'm so pumped and excited because it was not like two and three, but more like A New Hope and beyond. Super pumped to see Last Jedi today. Sarah, sent from my iPhone, sent from my iPhone. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why it said did that twice. We will be sending the Funko Pop figurine to her iPhone. Uh, thank you so much, Sarah Furman, and everyone else for writing in. I wanted to read Carmelita's email because I really loved it, and she is one of our biggest fans. Um, so thank you so much for your loyalty, Carmelita, that is rewarded in this universe. Carmelita wrote in, Hey, Chris. Andy and Steve, too, in parentheses as though to be secondary. At least she thought of us. That's true. I'm just happy to be included. (laughs) (laughs) This is no contest. Uh, Well, this was, but that's (laughs) (laughs) it. Thanks for the shout out during the latest Streaming Things release, which, by the way, was a great episode. I agree. You asked for listener Star Wars memories and favorites. So here I go. Ellipses. My folks took me to see Return of the Jedi in theater, and I grew up watching and rewatching the original trilogy. I've always loved the adventure and optimism of the series just as much as the sci-fi elements. Lucas's enhanced re-releases in the 90s were a little vexing. Han shot first. Hell yeah, girl. (laughs) But I was still on board with the franchise. I stood in long lines for midnight showings of the prequels. Initially, I spent a lot of time trying to justify the issues with the writing and some of the acting. Over time, I got pretty bitter about episodes one through three. Midichlorians? I'm happy to report that The Force Awakens gave me that old Star Wars feeling back. I needed that. I'm hard-pressed to pick one favorite Star Wars film, but if you put a blaster to my head, I'd have to say Empire Strikes Mm. Back. Then instantly take it back and say A New Hope. Then I'd probably change my mind again, so shoot me. Carmelita in California. P.S. Curious if you guys are planning to watch X-Files Season 11. Even if you don't cover it on the cast, there's a fandom that could use some podcasting with intelligent Mm. analysis. I would have to watch seasons one through ten first. Wow. <laughs> literally never watched it. I would have to see seasons four through ten first. I would have to But I would love to actually I would actually like to hop in and watch eleven to be honest. I, I liked X Files because uh, I've only seen the first three seasons. I had to stop because uh Too scary? It is. I do have I a we talked about phobia this. of little greys, yes. That's right. And it and Scully would drive me crazy because she would literally have like a dozen of them like fondle her fondle her in a hallway and then she'd be like, Mulder, I just don't think we have the evidence. <laughs> it's like they touched you. <laughs> yeah, but you're gonna want to block those kinds of things out. I don't blame her. I mean, I, that's bit. true. I, I would. So we probably won't do a podcast about the X Files resurgence, but we might if Steve can conquer his fears. Oh, I will for this show. There are so many things that I want to talk about for this show, and our fans are so very unhelpful in deciding which to choose that I get a bit overwhelmed at times. Like just this week, for instance, we're going to do The Last Jedi right now, and I promise we'll get to that soon. Uh, Peaky Blinders might be my favorite show of all time. That's a bold statement. It is a bold statement. It's just where I'm at in life right now. But the long-awaited season four uh, is in a couple days, and I would love to do at least one episode about the entire season. Steve, are you familiar with the show at all? Caught up? I'm familiar with it, but I haven't seen it. That's okay. That changes a lot. I will... Start There's watching. no way, though, you could get 30 hours There's of no TV. Way. In. <laughs> so maybe I'll just have to talk about it at great length in general on the what we've been streaming segment. Sure. I don't know. But then Black Mirror on December 29th, we're going to have to talk about uh, mm-hmm. episode by episode. Yeah. Um, so it's just so very overwhelming. And Gunpowder just dropped on HBO. But hey, you know what the great thing about most streaming services 
They're always up. They're always there. Yeah, but the listeners aren't always giving fucks. That's true. That's you know? true. Uh, so that's the thing. So please, you know, follow us on the Twitter that we don't use ever. <laughs> <laughs> but if you followed us, we would use it. Or write into streamingthingspod at gmail.com with suggestions, things you want to hear, and feedback for our other listeners. That would be great. Mm-hmm. Also, since we're talking about things you could do to help us... Uh, please take a moment to subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes. There are so many bullshit TV and film podcasts that aren't as cool as us that uh, need to be taken down, like the First Order. Conquered. Destroyed. Yeah. We are the resistance, essentially. Yeah, pretty much. And those other ones that are really have the production value and all the fans and shit yeah. and sponsors, that's like the First Order, basically. Fuck them. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Same thing. Same thing. So, you know what side to be on. You know what side to be on. Hashtag join the resistance. Have you guys been streaming anything you guys want to talk about before we move into overall thoughts on The Last Jedi? This is what we've been streaming. Uh, Yeah, uh, right before I came over, I finished re-watching Get Out. Have you guys seen that before? I haven't. Of course. Oh my God, it's such a good fucking movie. I, I, I have it on I gave Steve on, a death stare <laughs> it's, it's, it's a common joke on here that I'm woefully behind on movies this year because of life but I got my movie pass well get there guys get there you go so it's social satire turned psychological thriller it's fucking brilliant um, re-watching it there's just all of these beautiful threads that they establish early in the movie and character motivations to where when they do the stupid things that horror movie protagonists inevitably do you're like that's dumb but i see what you did there because you totally set that up in the first act he has that happening left and right by he i mean uh jordan peele Mm -hmm. uh the writer director of the film of keem peele fame um so if you haven't seen that steve go ahead and watch that uh it's an amazing (laughs) fucking movie i also just re-watched um watchmen the Zack snyder film not nearly as good as I remembered it being. I remembered loving that movie, but I haven't seen it since it came out. So that was a bummer. I, I love that movie, but I, I agree that there are scenes in that movie that need to be completely taken out and it would be far better. Right. Well, for sake of not spoiling it, I will just say that the ending idea of the movie is better than the ending of the book. Hot take. Hot take. But I agree with you 100%. No, I, do, I don't even know that's a hot take because I, I agree as well. Yeah. The Alan Moore's version was out there. Yeah, and a lot, but a lot of people are like very much for that version. Were really? mad that they changed it. I but but the movie version, I think, makes so much more sense and I, plays into absolutely. the story far better. Yeah, because the, the the comics version. I mean, it's stupid to talk about an ending we can't mention in great detail. But let's just say it's like what you know. Yeah, <laughs> it's a lover hate. It's really thing for weird. Sure. Right. Yeah. right. You, speaking of Watchmen, do you guys remember when Malin Ackerman was going to be a thing? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah uh, Two thousand nine. That was a good year. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, Patrick Wilson is the thing. You know, mm-hmm. Malin Ackerman, not a thing. She was in um, Happy Thank You More Please. Did you guys see that? It came out no, in like twenty twelve. Yeah, um, Josh Radner film. Uh, no. of How I Met Your Mother fame. That's uh, why you saw it. The guy that played. Oh, totally. <laughs> By the way, listeners, you might not know this. Andy, huge film buff, very knowledgeable. Also crazy fan of How I Met Your Mother. Yes. <laughs> Very much so. Which uh, may or may not equate to you. It's just funny to me. <laughs> yeah, it's a really good show. It's really funny. It kind of fell apart in the latter couple seasons, but the first, like, four seasons of How I Met Your Mother, solid TV. That's um, fair. That's fair. But yeah, Watchmen, um, it fucking... I loved it because of how true it was to the comics. Like, it's mm-hmm. almost shot for shot. Oh, yeah. But almost too much so. And it's one of those things where... Like you watching it, you're kind of like, I see why this shouldn't be a movie. It should be a series, which they're going to do. 
Do you know I'm the stoked. showrunner or anything about the I series? I don't. I think that Showtime owns the rights to it, but I might be completely wrong about that. Interesting. Because Warner Brothers technically owns the rights to that, doesn't it? I don't know. Because that's a DC property. Correct. Right. But I mean like the rights for the adaptation. Oh, okay. I gotcha. I don't know. Steve, what have you been streaming? I finally got around to streaming a movie that I've always wanted to see this year. Baby Driver. Fuck yeah. damn time, and Steven. let me just take a hard stand. Hard. Hard. Like I'm tripoding over here. Hard stand. More that, like a C stand. <laughs> yeah. An A plus stand. Yeah. Uh, it's my favorite movie this year so far. Absolutely. I've seen. I support um, that. Huge Edgar Wright fan. It's got a great cast. Um, it's really well written. And as somebody who does a lot of editing and audio work, like, and I watched this movie with headphones on cause it was two in the morning. I didn't want to disturb my wife. And so I can like really hear all the work that they're doing with the audio mixing on that. And it's fucking phenomenal. Absolutely. It's absolutely beautiful. I mean, like there's obvious things like they're timing the gunfire and certain sound effects along with the music that he's listening to. Yes. Cause if you don't know, uh, listeners, this story is basically about a guy named baby who's got tinnitus. He has headphones and he's constantly listening to music. He's got a hum in the drum. He's got a hum in the drum so he can blur out the, the, the hum from tinnitus, but he's also a getaway driver for some ne'er do wells. And, uh, some some rare duels, <laughs> <laughs> um, but there's one point where there the, his tinnitus brings comes up, and I think it's Jamie Foxx's character comes over and like pokes his earbuds that are in his ear, and when he does that, you kind of hear the of his tinnitus come in, but you would think because on the screen, Jamie Foxx is touching his ear on the left side of the screen, but that is Baby's right ear. So if you're listening to the sound mixing, that buzzing noise comes in from the right side, which oh. is the opposite of what the screen looks like. And I remember thinking, well, that's weird. Wait, that is his right ear. That's amazing. Yeah, and that's, I was just so blown insane. away wow. that they paid that much attention to detail because it would be easy to put it on the left side because that's what the audience is seeing. But it's a it's a good tool to bring you into baby's world and uh, kind of like show you how off putting that is for him to hear that buzzing. It's crazy um, the detail that Edgar Wright puts into yeah. uh, everything that he does. And Andy and I did some research. I think it is not the same editor for all his films, correct? Yeah, no, he's uh, jumped around a couple times. And the editing is obviously the most standout feature mm-hmm. of all his films. So that's totally him. Yeah. And I just find that to be fascinating. Edgar mm-hmm. Wright is a treasure. Uh, two funny stories real quick. Uh, I haven't been streaming much at all. I've been rewatching Peaky Blinders and like random episodes that I love and stuff for the most part. But on Edgar Wright. I'm a terrible father, and my small child, I watch uh, all his films with him. Uh, all of Edgar Wright's films, not my small child's films. So, <laughs> with Edgar Wright. <laughs> most of which are rated R, and it's none of your damn business what I think is okay for my son. But he's so young that he hardly watches entire movies. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Uh, but Edgar Wright films are his favorite. He calls um, Hot Fuzz is called Police Angel. and then obviously Shaun of the Dead is just uh, zombie angel because he doesn't know that their names change you know he doesn't accept that oh yeah Hot Fuzz (laughs) is his favorite so he is angel no matter what movie he's in I forgot his name was Angel in Hot Fuzz yeah Yeah. so and then you know uh, funny enough uh, the other guy's always Danny so anyway Sergeant Angle (laughs) yeah anyway I just find that funny but he watches the entire thing over and over and over and over and I think it's the editing that makes it fun for children Mm -hmm. uh, which is why it's fun for me too I just think that that's fascinating but because I'm a bad father I have found out something (laughs) interesting about how brains work and stuff Mm -hmm. Uh, Because he's got that really slick editing style. It's like, even when they're just drinking a glass of water, it's like, you know, like they really get in there. It's like four cuts and you're like, damn, I'm thirsty. (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, also, diametric edits. Another funny life. story. I don't think we've ever told on the show, but Andy and I saw like a, a super early screening of Baby Driver back in March. It was like three weeks early. Oh, I remember them. And uh, so we get to the theater and it's this little rinky dink theater up uh, in the north side of Cincinnati. And, uh, you know, it's a giant long line. We didn't even know if we'd get in because everybody that got passes was showing up and we finally get seats. We're like, holy shit. We sit there. The lights dim. The movie comes on and you've seen the film now. So the first five minute sequence is just out of this fucking world. Insane. Batshit. Whoa. And the audio didn't work (laughs) on the, the, the file that that theater had. That sucks because that's like a purely audio movie. We saw the entire first six minutes with zero audio. I actually wow. leaned into Chris and said, oh, my God, this is fucking brilliant because he has hearing problems. Remember? <laughs> we didn't know what was. We were like, OK. And then at one point, the audience rebelled because the theater kept trying to turn it off and restart it. Yeah. And like so like three, four, five successive times, there was no audio. And like as soon as the title screen would drop and there was still no audio, we would know it was fucked again. And so they started supplying the sound effects to the film while we were watching it. And I'm trying to plug my eyes and shit. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to get it ruined, but I can't help but just love what's going on because like 40 people are going. (laughs) (laughs) It was kind of simultaneously the worst, best theater experience I've ever had in my life. At one point they freeze on somebody's face. It's like during the drive and they just freeze on Ansel Elgort's face. And somebody near the front right was like, I bet you're wondering how I got here. Yeah. <laughs> it, was like awesome. it was like, you know, a hundred <laughs> super movie nerds celebrating. That's true. Yeah, it was kind of glorious. That is beautiful. And we had some like film critic behind us saying all kinds of snarky shit. It was really fun for a super sad experience. But yeah, that, we, that scene is so good. Like uh, with the part because it's, it's played off very serious, like the music that they have. Mm-hmm. It's very serious. And then when the uh, singer in the song starts singing, baby starts like mouthing along and yeah. jamming. And that's the point where it's like, all right, this. Making the windshield wipers dance. Yeah. <laughs> like this movie's going to be something And special. then you're fucking sold. Yeah. Absolutely. I agree. And I wrote a wonderful review of Baby Driver on idagaff.com if you're interested in reading that. We not it. you, Steve, but, you know, all the yeah. listeners. I'm, well, if you're interested. I'm, or also Steve. Yeah. We need the clicks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Moving right along, because I haven't been streaming much. I know we've got a lot to say about Star Wars. The Last Jedi. We're going to start with some non-spoiler overall thoughts but if you're the type of person that I am, it's best probably not to listen to any of this until you've seen The Last Jedi. Jedi. But the <laughs> Who last, are we kidding? You've already seen this movie. Jabba. Yeah, but since we're late, if you care at yeah. all, you've probably seen it. So just real quick, though, just in case, overall thoughts, no spoilers. Andy, what did you think of Star Wars The Last Jedi? Dude, I loved it so much. Um, I need to see it a couple more times before I can be sure, but it might be my new favorite Star Wars. Okay. Like, it is that good. Okay. Um, it is just completely unpredictable. All of the shit that I thought was important after having seen The Force Awakens, that shit was not important at all, and it set up the better story, I think. Um, There were a lot of kind of like, fuck you, JJ moments in this movie. Um, (laughs) There are quite a few of them, where it's like all of these seeds that he planted... um, Ryan Johnson just came in there with a fucking shovel, you know what I mean? Like, nope, nope, (laughs) we're digging a trench here, and then he builds... Uh, um, that metaphor is gone. I saw where you were going. But, <laughs> I know where you were going. That's going to be I awkward. Isn't it. JJ doing nine? He is. So that's going to be I'm, awkward if JJ's like, fuck you. And, and you're yeah, just <laughs> retcons it right back. That'd be fucking We're making sweet. Return of the Jedi part two. <laughs> it's just a fucking thank like. God College of is not doing it now. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm really pleased. We'll talk about that later. Yeah. What'd you think, Steve? 
I really liked it. I know it's going to be hard for you to compress your thoughts into an overall opinion, but just, you know, as best yeah. you can. No, I, I really, really liked it. I did. I do have qualms with it. Sure. Well, sure. probably like over the course of going through this, it'll probably sound like I fucking hated this film because mm-hmm. I'll probably bring up a lot of things that I disagree, like choices that they made that I don't agree with. But I really liked it. I think what they did at the end of the day was super bold, inventive. I don't know where the series is going, and that's fucking great. Mm-hmm. That's fantastic. And I'm excited to see where they continue to go uh, with this story. So just heads up, I really did like it. Just if I upset Uh-oh. you with my things that I say later on, it's I'm from excited. a place of good I'm and love. Because I'm not one of those people. There's a couple of people that have gone on, on online and been like, we're a Star Wars movie ever, to which I say, no. Nay, <laughs> that sir. Is I say nay. So exactly. Hyperbolic. <laughs> but hyperbolic. Hyperbolic. Hyperspacic. Well, I, me, Chris, of streaming things, uh, simplest answer, I loved the film. Um, I disliked it. No, no. Nay, nay. Nay, nay. <laughs> Watch me win. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. Wondering, nay, nay. Uh, international listeners, you should Google that if you don't know what we're talking about. It's a, That's a ball of fun. Um, I was worried that I would dislike the film for a good 40 minutes. I was like, uh-oh. I was kind of there, too. Uh-oh. I am sort of bored. Mm-hmm. Uh-oh. That wasn't the best written line. Uh-oh. <laughs> and then when it clicked, I was covered in goosebumps, crying, laughing, inspired to live a better life oh, as wow. a better me uh, from a Star Wars film, which if you've listened to prior episodes, I am not the biggest Star Wars fan. I think it's fun, but I'm not like fucking Star Wars. Like mm. I have a plastic lightsaber, but like who doesn't? Right. But that's about you, you don't have mean? 20 no like, <laughs> no um any who's old i just uh I, i'm stoked for, with what ryan johnson has done uh, i don't know how much credit to give him i know that he's credited with writing and directing the film but we know how kathleen kennedy is mm-hmm. and a lot of people joke about like fuck jj fuck ryan but like do either of them have a whole lot of say in the trajectory ultimately of this i'll take them both i don't know threesome <laughs> um, he can get it is that what you're saying both of them <laughs> both can yeah uh, so yeah Last Jedi thumbs up again like Andy I think I have to see it again to say for sure but uh, very strong possibility this is my new favorite Star Wars film of all time but I will say this and maybe Steve can help me decide if this is true and this sounds very condescending so I apologize in advance I'll allow it I think the diehard fans who have a nostalgia fetish are the ones who dislike The Last Jedi and who people who can objectively see it as a, a great film are the ones who love it uh, because Ryan takes a lot of liberties with a very dear tale mm-hmm. that take it in a direction no one expected, which for people like me is like a wonderful shock. Yes. But for diehard Star Wars fans, it's like the worst thing that's ever happened. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's my overall theory about the because the audience score in Rotten Tomatoes is very low. It's in the low 50s. Yeah. But the critic, critic score is in the up 90s, yeah. you know, like empire level. And I think that's the discord. Not that they're smarter. It's just they're not like invested in this culture. They're mm-hmm. just looking at it as a film and they're like, oh, shit. I, th- I think that's accurate. OK. I, I, mm-hmm. I think that's very accurate. In fact, I think. This film over time is going to become much more positively viewed by definitely by people because even um, well, it depends on how they stick the landing too. Yeah, that's 100% true. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but even 
And again, I wasn't alive at this moment, but from what I've read and understand when Empire comes back, it was also very initially people were walking like, I don't really like that. That was kind of boring. Yeah. But it's well regarded as one of the best, if not the best Star Wars film of all time. I don't think Vader's a good dad. (laughs) (laughs) You know? Yeah, it's weird. I don't believe that there could be a gas planet called I find his lack of parenting skills disturbing. (laughs) But I trusted sh- Lando. <laughs> <laughs> uh, That's pretty good, Steve. Okay, so moving along into spoilers. If you have not seen Star Wars The Last Jedi, fuck right off now. You are entering spoiler territory. You're bullshit. Okay, everybody, how'd you guys write into you know streaming things? But you know, let me know if you follow the film. <laughs> did you just have an aneurysm? <laughs> I did. <laughs> I drank an emergency packet, and there's a lot of other stuff in there I don't know about, but I got. I'm feeling good. So, guys, <laughs> holy shit! Uh, Andy and I saw it with a group of uh, 20, twenty friends. Yeah, a lot of people. Uh, one friend so of mine, diehard Star Wars fan by the name of Brad. I don't know if he's listening. The look on his face as we're exiting the theater, Andy is speechless, like, oh my God, it was so good. And he's talking about all the elements of the film and things that have never been done before in a Star Wars franchise, like flashbacks. And was that like force FaceTiming? And like, you know, (laughs) and then Brad, I look back at my buddy who just like lit, his whole basement is nothing but Star Wars. And it's like, he's pale and his mouth is slack and he's mumbling things. Like, and I'm like, what's up, buddy? He's like, goddamn porch. (laughs) <laughs> I, I think I hated it. You know, Aww. they've ruined Star Wars. And I was like, calm down, buddy. <laughs> we can watch it again. I think you need to slow your jets. Um, yeah. And I, I totally get it. And, and like Andy was alluding to with, I think the main shock is, you know, Force Awakens. We had all the two years of fan theories. Like, who is Snoke? Mm-hmm. Who are Ray's parents? Mm-hmm. Let's talk about it. Isn't this fun? What do we know from canon, not canon? You know, Reddit forums galore. And Ryan Johnson just says, doesn't fucking matter. Nobody cares. (laughs) Let's get over it. And when they did that, I was like, fuck yes. The balls, you know. (laughs) And then a lot of people apparently are like, no, my balls. (laughs) What Um, about Plagius? I, I saw someone on Twitter who said that the the opening moment of the film, the one that not the the space battle, but when it goes back to to Luke and Ray, where the other film had left off. Oh, when he throws the when lightsaber. he throws the lightsaber off the cliff behind him was like the symbolic. Here's what you think is going to happen. Nope. You know? Yes. <laughs> that um, was fuck you, JJ moment number one. <laughs> yes. <laughs> there were about six of them, I think. Um, yeah. The uh, just. The major theories, and we can go ahead and get those out of the way, I guess. Yes, yeah, major right, spoilers territory. Um, Snoke, the big mystery, who is the new, who's the new uh, emperor? Doesn't is matter. It fucking Darth Plagueis? Is it, some people are saying, is it Boba Fett? Because like, oh, he got hit on the head the one time. People, other people <laughs> is like, he kind of looks like Mace Windu if he was white and really old and yeah. shit like that. And it's like, I think it's Andy Serkis. <laughs> Yeah, I swear to God. And people got married to these ideas, and it's a lose-lose situation. Yeah. Because if you listen to a theory and you agree with it, then when it doesn't happen, you're disappointed. And if you listen to the theory and you don't agree with it, then you're relieved that the theory wasn't true, but that does didn't ultimately add to your experience of the film. Mm-hmm. And so it's one of those things where it's kind of just like, leave it the fuck alone. Yeah. 
and now don't get me wrong I theorized as much as anybody else like oh I bet he's Darth Plagueis and yada yada and like ultimately when we got that like rip in half moment which by the way how fucking cool is that phenomenal Uh, best scene in the movie no for not, me. not for me I but it was like oh shit that was a really cool I couldn't moment. believe it um yeah <laughs> when it cuts to like his like super his, dead body his dead face his like his sticking tongue out. sticking out I was like oh man like <laughs> rubbing it and I, in and I loved how little it mattered you know what I mean like because right after that fucking Kylo's like no I'm the supreme leader and I was like oh shit he technically That's finished awesome. what his grandfather started. Brad posited, and it kind of seemed like a desperate, you know, like OG Star Wars fanboy grasping of a straw. But he said, if Snoke is Darth Plagueis, he has the ability to transfer his life force and Snoke <laughs> could return. <laughs> and I was like, Meh. that would make that moment so inconsequential that I would hate it from a storytelling perspective. But mm-hmm. it's not the craziest thing I've ever heard that, that we haven't seen the last of Snoke. Right. So like... I, we're, there's so much things to talk about. I was trying oh, I know. super so best not, not to, to just... dance around. Mm-hmm. But I think that ultimately we are going to see some more redemption from Kylo in, in uh, episode nine. Um, and that would help that if that we had another villain like Snoke is back. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? To help. Oh, I think that they actually are going to double down on Kylo being the villain. Like this was his chance to turn to yes. good and he completely turned his back. And now he's the ultimate. Like, I agree. Bad. There's no turning back for him, I feel like. I heard a sad theory um, that we all know that the original plan was for the third film to be a mostly Leia-centered film. Yes. And that it makes sense to me that they originally intended for Kylo to have a major redemption um, spurred on by his final confrontation with his mother, who mm-hmm. he can't seem to be able to be evil toward. He, yeah. you know, He didn't shoot her when he had the chance in this film. Um, and she always kind of senses him. And, and so I think his mother was supposed to be like the final, like mommy, you know, because yeah. <laughs> we get a very childish villain in Kylo, which some people hate. And I love, you know, there's a lot of emo oh, yeah. Kylo. So maybe that was the intention. And now without Carrie Fisher, I don't know, but it seems to be the most popular theory that, uh, Kylo versus Ray showdown is the way that three is going to go or nine is going to go. I really like Kylo's character and I know he's killed a lot of innocent people but you know me and I would still be down for a redemption because also okay I know Steve wants to say so much last thing segue to Steve Kylo is the last Skywalker in the Skywalker saga Mm -hmm. he's not named Skywalker he's a solo but he's the only one with Skywalker blood in the Skywalker saga so don't we need Kylo to redeem himself and survive? Or is it no longer going to be a Skywalker saga? I think it's gonna, no longer going to be a Skywalker saga. Mm-hmm. I think they're very much going forward with this is brand new. This is our new world. This is uncharted territory that we're going ahead. Like, sure. And I, I personally am a huge fan of that because I've... Are you really? You yeah, ready to I, say yeah. goodbye to those? Well... <laughs> I'm not ready to say goodbye to some of the characters, especially the way some of the characters go out. But I, I am very pro getting this trilogy its own identity, its own group of people. And I really was never really big into the the force is, you know, held hostage by one or two families in the yes. galactic universe. And yes. so I'm very much pro like, let's get new people in it because I never really I never felt like, well, why is this person important? Oh, it's because they're a distant Skywalker. Why can't they just be a 
really important person that trained and worked hard and it's just powerful. Mm. I think Lucas lost his way or whoever took over writing the stories of the canon because the, the, the fundamental aspect of what makes the hero's journey such a pervasive human story is that it's the everyman mm-hmm. who has the opportunity to go on this grand adventure mm-hmm. and become greater, you know, more than the sum of their parts. And then it immediately became, well, because he's Vader's son. And then, you know what I mean? And then it's always the Skywalkers that are, you know, it's a, it invented royalty from what originated as a hero's journey story, which totally subverted itself, mm-hmm. you know? Um, which and I think is interesting. So I'm supporting what you're saying. 100%. Yeah. And what they've done in this, in this story is almost made the whore, the hero story, the horror story, the horror, the horror story. Also my favorite. <laughs> I love that one. Uh, star whores. Um, <laughs> no, it made the hero's story relevant again in a way, because, you know, you know, this, this kind of jumping at the end, but like Luke's sacrifice at the end is the, the spark that will ignite the rebellion to regrow he's become his own he was he was suffering under the weight of his own legend throughout mm-hmm. the whole mm-hmm. movie and he finally went out and did a thing and now he's just a legend again this whole like hero's journey of him being a legend and that story is going to spur on more characters to have their own hero's journey mm-hmm. and that's great <laughs> so did you like luke's death no but I didn't that's think so. purely fanboy. That's me. what Brad is very upset about as well. And I, I think a lot of people. It's just they wanted Luke to be like the badass that they remember and love. Well, I see. So I'm completely fine with everything that happened with Luke up until the point where he does the I'm not actually here and he's safe on Akhto or whatever the planet's called. And then he just dies. And it's like, oh, OK. But that was the most powerful so force much. expenditure that we have ever seen. Oh yeah, yeah. The, the the him um and what it was such a astral projecting yeah. himself. That was fucking sweet. Was I just so wasn't super dope. into the like like he technically sacrificed himself, but I don't know. Like I felt like it would have been more powerful if he had a but again and this is why I'm working through these feelings, because I, I know what they're doing, and this is me working through my own fanboy ties to nostalgia because I was thinking more like oh it would work better if he did like the classic Obi-Wan Kenobi thing where like strike me down I'll become more powerful than you realize he did and sort he, of he did he kind of did but it wasn't like he wasn't really there and he's yeah. just like alright I'm gonna do a Yoda and just disappear in my it clothes it was like a mini subversion because you were yeah. expecting that right and then he's like it's an astral Oh my God, he's safe! And then he's like, "Nah, peace out, bros." I'm super confident that we'll see Luke again. Oh yeah, in the next movie, in, like as super, a projection, yeah, a Force Ghost. ghost. Um, but again, like these are things that I, I think in time I'm gonna be completely okay with. But I was still mm. like, my uh, my wife, she looked up spoilers before we saw Last Jedi. Oh no, How's she the does this. Going? She does this every fucking time, just she, so she can lord it over she you. She does, and she'd be like, "Hey, did you clean the kitchen yet?" Oh, you didn't. Oh, well, <laughs> guess uh, I'll have to tell you this about the movie. I'm like, all right, fine, I'll clean the goddamn kitchen. And all week she would come down and like I'd have like my little BB-8 figure on my desk. And she's like, oh, are you a fan of BB-8? And I'm like, yeah, you know I love BB-8. She goes, oh, that's unfortunate. <laughs> <laughs> so she knew Luke's death was coming. And when it came, she's not watching the movie. She's staring at me with a dumb shitting and grin on her face like, what's he going to do? What's he going to do? And I could feel her staring. And I finally had to go like, don't look at me right now. I can't. I'm barely holding on. I'm going to like weep child tears and kick and scream and have to be escorted out of the theater. <laughs> Wasn't that beautiful, though, that he ascended to the double sunset? It was. Yes. It was really sad. Just like the double sunrise. 
Mm. Yeah. Throwback. Andy pointed it out. I stole it. <laughs> <laughs> Andy, what do you have to say about Luke's death? Um, I thought, uh, like you said, um, it was the most powerful use of the force we've ever seen. And there was kind of a allusion to how badly that would wreck Luke earlier on in the film. It's another one of those things that like in hindsight, I'm like, I see what you did there. Mm-hmm. Um, when, uh, uh, among my favorite, uh, threads throughout this film is, um, Kylo and Ray, um, periodically just popping into each other's lives. Like. What oh, you shit. Call hey, what's FaceTime? Force FaceTime. I think Chris said that, but yeah. Um, uh, and I, I just love the the conversations that they had and the acting. Uh, Adam Driver is so fucking brilliant as yeah. Kylo. But I'm getting off track. Um, he, What I loved was that he uh, said, like after the second or third time it happened, he's like, no, you can't be doing this. Like this would tear you apart. Like the, the the amount of power it would take to for you to be showing up here like this. And Luke fucking does it. Projects like across the fucking galaxy. Gets in a sword fight. Like has a conversation with his sister. Goes outside. Tricks everybody and think he's fucking there. Has this badass fucking lightsaber duel. Um, and then he's just like, "See you around, kid." And disappears. That's so fucking good. That was oh so my awesome. God. And but the setup what you, of real quick. Sorry. What are your thoughts on the shoulder? I loved it. I loved it because they, they're on crate and like everything that explodes is like a big powdery red. Yeah, Kylo uh, just explosion goes full he, emo. Kylo and he just does, puts all of his might in that one spot because <laughs> he's so. Because Luke astral projected as the last form that Kylo had seen of Luke to be yeah. most yep. effective, and he's just like daddy issued to shit like. Kill him! <laughs> Focus all fire on him. And we're and sitting there in the theater. I'm I think like, you got him. He, he's so fucking vain. Like he yeah. cut his hair and dyed his beard yeah. or something. Like, <laughs> I didn't know what to I, think. I was just like, wow, that's really bad continuity error. And then when they cut back to him, like fucking like hovering over the rock, I was like, oh shit. And you've got like six ATATs firing full force at this one man. <laughs> If with everything we know about the force cannot possibly survive that. Right. Yeah. And yet when he brushes off his shoulder, every, the, the mythos of Luke Skywalker is such that yeah. everyone in the theater is like, fuck yeah. You know? <laughs> well, that was an interesting thing because after the after the movie, a lot of my friends, there was a core group of them that fucking hated the shoulder thing. And yeah. I was so appalled. I loved it. Oh, I was man. so appalled. Like, that's the thing you're concerned about? Because <laughs> right. that was awesome. Yeah. No, that was really good. I love the comedy because it's, it's, it's the original Star Wars were like that too, and I loved it for it too. Like fucking Yoda, like bonking Luke on the head with his little <laughs> stick and stuff. Like uh, uh, Star Wars has always had goofy mine, little humor, mine, yeah. Mine. Um, and so just the little things like that that was awesome. And like when he's trying to give Ray her first lash, he's like, "All right, close your eyes, connect <laughs> now, reach out." And she holds her hand out. He gives this little stick, like. Uh, oh, I feel something. You feel that? You feel that? Oh, it's the force. I feel the force. <laughs> awesome. See, I just thought stuff like that was too. That was before I was into it. Honestly. Oh, dude, I thought that was so. I, cool. I like that part. I didn't know how to feel, and even the opening sequence with you know the the bomb droppers and the uh, page. The, the, oh, I love that sequence. It was. It struck everyone as this giant emotional moment. I love the way it was shot. It was brilliantly shot, mm-hmm. except that there's no fucking gravity in space, and you're dropping bombs. Mm-hmm. But that's fine. Maybe the ship was so big it had its own gravitational pull. That was uh, the only true. justification. By I the way, I just want to stop right there and talk about this for one second. Is that a Star Wars thing that I've missed? That there's no like space rules <laughs> well, well there shouldn't could, be fire there in should space. be fire or sound and so. I mean Leia just like I'm gonna force float back and I'm like that's fine but you should have like imploded by now space swim 
Yeah. So we'll talk about that, the logic of plot wise of that. But what about like space rules? Could they get people and doors open I, I and was, nobody dies from the space space coming in? See, that was the th- the space. Speaking of space rules. So they've set up that space rules don't matter because space you, rules. there's I fire. This is actually going. <laughs> there's fu- we've established there's fire, uh-huh. that there's sound in space. But the thing that drove me nuts was like. There's all this ma- like sci-fi magic to make their space space rules, right? And then a big crux of the story is like, oh, we ran out of fuel. We're running out of fuel in fucking space. <laughs> right. <laughs> Where you can just yeah. like shoot, your, let's boost your rocket a little bit and you're just going to go that speed forever yeah. in space. Right. <laughs> we're going to stop. We need to, we need to stop at a gas station. I told you to fucking pull over, Haldo. If we run out of, if we run out of gas, we're just going to just stop in the middle of space. <laughs> then we're going to fall down. But continue, Andy. I'm sorry. I love the. I, lo- I actually really like that idea because if you had asked me, you know, a, a week ago, like, do you think the plot of the new Star Wars is going to be like this really slow freeway chase where it's drug out and we're not sure if they're going to run out of gas? I'd be like, fuck no. But they did it. It's and they- like, I wish Keanu was like leaning over the controls with Poe, like, just keep it at 55. <laughs> um, Dennis the Hopper's in the Star ever. Destroyer. <laughs> But it was, uh, it, it actually, <laughs> just him in an imperial uniform. No, he's got a bulletproof vest. <laughs> he just walked off the set of speed and is alive now. Yeah. And that crazy lady's at the door of the, of the ship trying to jump out like, I can't take it. That's a scene from Speed. I watched that a lot. So it was not a plot that I was expecting totally. at all, but it was one that really worked. I thought like, <clears throat> it, the issue isn't like, are we going to run out of gas and just, not get to our destination it is we are going to run out of gas before we make one more jump to uh light speed and get away from these fuckers and the problem is that they are somehow tracking them which is another new thing star wars tracking someone through light actually uh, someone on reddit brought this up um in rogue one when they're going through the imperial database looking for the plans uh jen urso says, says something along the lines of They've got all the Empire's secret, top secret projects, and she rattles off a few, and one of them she rattles off is hyperspace tracking. No. Dope. Uh, so. That's brilliant. Yeah. That's really Because good. that was a huge like fanboy outcry that I had heard was that in Force Awakens, we've got like Death Star Part 3 with this massive new technology, like just fundamentally insane tech tech, you know, for 30 years later. Mm-hmm. And then immediately in the next film, another like tech so advanced as to be magical from the same organization it was like a big plot hole to some people for some okay. reason are they um, talking about the hyperspace track yes okay. and in regard to the to the hyperspace tracking um which I, the whole film i kept thinking was um like a misdirect like mm-hmm. a red herring that they assume they could hyperspace track but in fact there was a mole on board or something mm-hmm. yeah you know, I, I thought I actually, that was going to be revealed that's one of the things I wrote down under my cons is they they set up the hyperspace tracking I, it felt like they are setting up a subplot yes specifically I, I based towards hyperspace tracking and it didn't really go anywhere mm-hmm. in right. that term. it just was we gotta what stop the hyperspace tracker was what it was but there, that didn't come back because I was in the same boat I thought uh, for a while I thought Laura Dern's character uh, Holdo was. They totally set her up to be the evil bitch. Um, she, yeah, she, I, oh like, yeah, they were playing evil music and shit too. But like, apparently, get her your ass character, off my bridge and yeah. stuff. Like, <laughs> and uh, apparently, her character 
in the books of canon is like this legendary figure who's super cool. I don't know if Steve knows. Or I haven't read any of the new with super books. cool hair. Yeah, I heard she looks amazing. Uh, and, and literally, like the way she's described is supposed to be really oh. awesome. And so I love Laura Dern. Wig. It's awesome. I mean, it's, and it's Laura Dern. So. <laughs> what did you guys th- I, I, see? I think everything I hate about this movie, I secretly might love the most, which is why I really need successive viewings. But the only problems plot wise that I have are how pointless everything that happens is to a point. But at the same time, that is the point. Mm-hmm. Like the entire sequence on the you know Las Vegas planet. I forget what it's called. Crypto tech or some shit. Yeah. The um, casino world. That is all not only for naught, but makes everything so much worse. Yeah. Um, and everything keeps getting undone. And that's what's brilliant about it. It's this societal commentary of playing the hero instead mm-hmm. of sticking together and following through on things. And so we have this traditional and I think not to accuse anybody of anything, but I think that is also a huge fanboy outcry is their own misogyny mm-hmm. and patriarchy. I'm sorry, but like. They want Poe Darren and <laughs> Luke Skywalker. Like, I'm so sorry to call you a misogynist, Steve. <laughs> and I, I'm with you, too. And I, I have to fight it myself. But you, you know, you want Poe Darren and, and Luke Skywalker to pull out their big fucking lightsaber cocks and save the day. No, I love Poe Darren's arc. The fact scene. that he's just totally castrated and makes everything yeah. worse. Yeah, yeah, I do, too. I, his arc was like it's other brilliant. than Kylo Ren's. His was my favorite arc. Don't you mm. think that's what they're wanting, though? Yeah. No, absolutely. And then you get Ray and Laura Dern and Carrie Fisher and, you know, to save the day. And everybody's mm-hmm. like, and, and uh, 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 what's her name? Rose. Paige's sister Rose is a huge, you know, and everybody's just like, I've actually seen it, too, from liberal people who just love this so much. And they, they're so wrong. I love it. I love, and I hate, this is such a Trumpian thing to say. I just, I love women doing stuff and like, it's cool they got sabers now. I totally support that. (laughs) But do they have to like be in everything? Are they talking about Rose? Yeah, they're like the Rose and they're still pissed about Rogue One and they're like, fuck though. I kind (laughs) of supported it, but it seems like there's like a lot of chicks doing stuff now. Yeah. That's not accurate. They're they're only like 50% of the population. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I think that's probably a huge subliminal outcry too, Mm -hmm. but. Actually, uh, going back to kind of Laura Dern, Mm -hmm. um, I was very surprised. And again, this plays into the tragedy that is Carrie Fisher passing away. Yes. They obviously didn't know that going into filming mm. this film. Um, but I actually thought it would have been almost, and I again, I also don't know what they had planned for episode nine either, but judging by what I know seeing Force Awakens and this movie, I almost felt like they were setting up very much like Laura Dern's character is going to be the spiritual successor to Leia. Mm-hmm. And, and then at the end when they're like, all right, Leia, you go ahead. I'll stay and pilot the ship. I almost felt like in hindsight, and again, they couldn't have done this. I felt like it almost would have worked better if that was flopped, Mm -hmm. where Leia stayed behind and piloted the ship, and Laura Dern went on to, you know, lead the rebellion in a way. Only because... And, and when I had, they actually argued about who would do that. Yeah. And, and and when I when I thought that I had this idea spring to mind that it would have been brilliant if, you know, like there's that really cool scene where Holdo shoots into hyperspace directly mm. through all the oh all the fleet, God, which is absolutely cool beautiful. That was fucking 
incredible. And then quick aside story, when that scene happened, you know how they drop the sound so it's completely silent yeah. it goes, and it's beautiful imagery. It gets really quiet. Everyone's kind of like their mouths are agape looking mm-hmm. at this beautiful imagery. And then this one guy just goes, nice. That's <laughs> <laughs> hilarious. But, but I, I thought like if you had Leia in that part, you can mirror the scene that happened in the beginning where Kylo Ren is having that uh, crisis of, is he going to bomb the ship that his mom's on? Mm-hmm. And you can mirror that scene where Leia's like, am I going to go hyperspace into the ship that my son's on? Mm. Oh, he's a, he's a prick. He just, I just felt him turn full evil fucking beep mm. and yeah. just shoot right <laughs> through. Uh, Cause that would play into, you know, the, like I tried to stop him early, that whole, yeah. you know, through line. Anyway, like, because I, I feel like Laura Dern's character was almost wasted in a way because I actually really liked her. Mm-hmm. And they, they had her as that red herring, but she wasn't. Right. She was just a really cool, badass chick who just wasn't telling people her plans. That <laughs> was a bit of an issue. I'm not sure why she couldn't just yeah. say, sit the fuck down. There's a plan. It's OK. You don't <laughs> no. have to go run and like you don't have to do the most boring part of the movie <laughs> and then kill most of us with your big cock actions. Yeah. Because this, you know, because really, when you think about it, the biggest threat to the resistance is Poe Dameron. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. pretty much. He lost them all their bombers in the beginning, and mm-hmm. who knows how many people who were trying to he escape killed to create most of this. Yeah, the most of the escape pods died because of him. Uh, well, Benicio, but who wouldn't have been there because unless it was for Poe? So yeah, mm-hmm. fuck Poe. I still like him. There's a reason <laughs> why Poe like Dameron him. sounds like the noise you make when you stub your toe. <laughs> Poe Dameron. <laughs> <laughs> um, any more what, what's some more of your cons I want to get into this yeah. debate oh uh, can I do pros first there's a lot but yeah <laughs> uh, just because I don't want to seem too fucking negative because I really did love this can we talk about how amazing Kylo Ren is just because we've kind of skirted around it Adam Driver's performance what do you mean everything because yes. Adam Driver is fucking phenomenal but I love the fact that they've Shirtless re- Kylo Ren. Mm-mm. There's a woman who made that exact noise in our screening. <laughs> and it was a little unsettling, but also like, you get it, girl. After seeing <laughs> silence and how fucking stiff he got I was legitimately shocked how like, oh, he was. Yeah. I did not expect that. He's, he's like dad bod Jack, though. It's kind of weird. And he had that like <laughs> sheen of sweat. Yeah. Am I, am, I, am I wrong, boys? How cool was that scar, though? Um, and that was... Ryan Johnson got a little bit of flack for readjusting his scar because... In uh, Force Awakens, when he gets sabered in the face, like it goes from like his cheekbone, like across the bridge of his nose and mm-hmm. up into his forehead. Oh, and this one and he straight, straight up moved it over to his eye, which is classic. It just looks cooler. Yeah. But when he has his shirt off, it like he moved it down to his fucking collarbone. I was like, oh, fuck, that's wicked looking. Yeah. I loved when it was partially healing and it was like this giant astral mark burn. Yeah. I wish it had stayed that way instead of, even though they're... Tech- was that a burn? I thought that was like some sort of space medical space tape, tape, I it was bandage or it something. Maybe it was space tape. I just thought... <laughs> space tape. Space tape. You don't know the space rules. <laughs> yeah, Kylo Adam Driver's performance is phenomenal. I, I love the character. I think the depth that he brings... Uh, and by the way, I think this is uh, Mark Hamill's best performance ever as Luke Skywalker. Um, his voice work aside... I think this is the, I'm sorry, the only one where I'm like, wow, what a really good actor. Mm -hmm. Um, Because the rest of them are all hammy to me. Mm -hmm. Uh, Hammy. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Cammy. But no, I mean, (laughs) Kylo, I just think, and Ryan Johnson, I think, is to be credited with a lot of this. There's so much depth to him. and, And you see that he's such a powerful being that 
really just wanted someone to love him who has been spurned. And, and and it is these, and again, I think it's the social commentary that this film is trying to make. And I can't believe they fucking went there with a Star Wars movie. It is these like giant lightsaber cock white male heroes that have caused all this damage. Luke Skywalker is the one that turned Kylo bad by refusing to trust the force and trying to kill him in a moment of weakness and failed him as a teacher. He's the, he is responsible. And that's what my brand was like. Luke's such a bitch in this movie. (laughs) And like, I get that. I don't, but I get it. (laughs) Of course. That's and even Mark Hamill's on record for saying he didn't like what they did with his character, but he was willing to do it. But I just disagree, Mark. Like, (laughs) you are knowingly responsible for thousands of deaths. You might hide on a fucking island and just be be suicidal for decades. Like, that's totally believable to me. Yeah. Yeah. I know, I'm getting high-pitched now. I'm so passionate. Yoda said that he did the right thing, and that's something we haven't brought up yet. The Yoda cameo. Yoda was great. How sweet was that? And they used the Yoda that died at the end. Yoda was perfect. Of uh, Empire. You mean the puppet Yoda? Yeah. I think there was a little CG in there, too, at times. Oh, it's hard to tell, because we saw it in 3D, which was fucking miserable. Oh, that's weird. Why would you do that to yourself? It's what the tickets bought. Only way to see it in IMAX is what Brad said. I was like, I would have sacrificed IMAX to not see it in 3D, but all right. Well, like, there definitely was a little CG on that. I don't know CG in regards to the puppeteering, but definitely the... You know, force ghosty. Well, no shit, Steve. <laughs> I just wanted to make I that, that was a practical effect. Yeah, that's a practical they ghost. They have luminous, <laughs> luminous puppets now. <laughs> You're Actually, asshole, when, Steve. When they- <laughs> Jim Henson's hard at work in the afterlife. Ooh. <laughs> He's making spirit puppets. Ghost puppets. <laughs> space tape, space rules, <laughs> ghost puppets. I'm loving this episode. Yeah, we know a lot about the industry, so we just dropped it off. <laughs> but when they first cut to the, the first shot, the first time you see the Yoda puppet, I mean, in all honesty, my first thought was, that doesn't look great. But then... In the Yoda voice. Mm, <laughs> terrible that looks. Um, but by the end of that scene, that's one of my favorite scenes of the whole movie. Oh, is yeah. Luke and Yoda and uh, Yoda just telling him. We got to say this because I'm sorry. I also love that scene because Luke's like, I'm going to burn it down. And Yoda's like, you better not. <laughs> you better not. And then he burns it down because Luke doesn't have the balls. And then they give this whole wonderful speech about how like the force is everywhere. It's not in some stupid fucking book. Those are boring anyway. And those are great jokes. I didn't notice this. I read this later. Ray stole the books yeah. and they're on the Falcon. Yeah. And Yoda, so Yoda, Yoda was y- so full of shit the whole time. He knew they were safe. Yeah. Cause he, <laughs> he even says like everything that Ray needs, she already has like, mm. I think including every, the everything in the tree, you know, yeah. <laughs> uh, I just thought that was quite, I didn't notice that. I love when he's like, Mm, read them you have yeah. page turners were they yeah. <laughs> that, that's good that was a good one for yeah. sure okay more pros unless you're not you want to talk about Kyla some more uh, Porgs I love Porgs Porgs were cute I man. love them I didn't hate them I didn't love them I, I don't care understand, I understand how people were like I'm gonna hate these things they're fucking great I love on the spectrum down syndrome penguins are the best thing in history ever <laughs> somebody pointed out I think it was film spotting I'm not that the, the Porgs have taken Han Solo's place yeah. <laughs> as Chewie's foil. And like, that's totally true. It's just them yeah. on the Falcon. It still works. Like he's like, and they're like, and, and we're like, ah, the duo's still here, which is really sad for Harrison Ford. But I do hope that in episode nine, when we like finally catch up to Chewie and the gang, like there's no porgs. They're just like a bunch of like eating like porg skeletons. He ate them all. You know, he's fucking them. Like it's super lonely out in space. 
I mean, on a long journey, you gotta just put yourself in Chewie's perspective. <laughs> Have you ever seen another Wookiee? No. In the holiday special. That man has not gotten laid <laughs> since the 80s. Return of the... G- or not, uh, Revenge of the Sith, I think it was. Yeah, Revenge of the Sith has a bunch of Wookiees. Okay, yeah. that was 100 years ago. I'm just saying, it's been a while. Since he it's does, been a while. It's been a while. <laughs> you know, he's just cruising, trying to pick up Ray, and he's looking over at the Porg, and... Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. That was fucked. I'm really sorry. I'm really sorry. Uh, what did you guys think about the... Um, uh, so Ray has her own little, um, she goes into that big hole and she has like a vision where there's like a, hundreds snapping of her the fingers snapping the fingers. And this that. is what happens when the indie filmmaker gets his hands on the biggest yes. fucking franchise <laughs> in the world. Yes. I was like, yes, I this know. is so I'm, fucked up. Yeah, and cool. was awesome. <laughs> I'm all for it. I love that scene. It was really well done. It was weird though, because like when she has her first lesson and he's like, do you, you, well, after the, like, do you feel that? Do you feel that? Which was funny. I liked it. Um, when she, her mind goes there and he's like, you went straight to the dark side. I can't fucking train you. Yada, yada. I didn't realize it was a real hole. So yeah. when she's walking around the island and I see that hole, I was like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> like, I thought that was a metaphorical hole that yeah. her mind went to. I was yeah. like, no, yeah, it's actually there. Or no, was it? Oh. Mm-hmm. Uh, not to be like super pseudo deep. Or was it? But Or was it? I mean, we talked a little bit about Snoke being nobody, but I mean. We didn't mention that yet. Yeah. Do you, do you, do you re- parentage? Yeah, do you really like believe what Kylo tells her? Because he Fuck tells yes. her that uh, her parents were like drunken spacers who have like a shallow grave on an unmarked planet or something like that. Mm-hmm. It's possible that everything Ryan, Sold her for beer money. All the fuck yous could be jokes. Snoke is still alive and is important. I and mean, it's possible. Ray's I, parents are someone important. Kylo mm-hmm. was wrong or or lied. Um, I, I really hope, hope it's I hope true. that he really did have the ball. And that would make more sense to me that Kathleen Kennedy would like let him trick people as opposed to letting him subvert the expectations that much. But I think it's a better story that she's no one. It mm-hmm. takes it back to the hero's journey. Any fucking junkers abandoned orphan can be the savior, can be somebody, you know. And yeah. I think that the ending even a woman that. The ending reaffirms that, and it's a little throwback to Return of the Jedi, which I loved, where it's like the kids doing the storytelling about Star Wars and the little language. It's my mm-hmm. favorite scene in Return of the Jedi. It's why I love that movie so much, where C-3PO is yeah. describing the story, the journey of Star Wars to the Ewoks, and he's like, Darth Vader, and like doing all the sound effects. Yeah, I fucking love that so much. But they have their little version of that, where it's the little kids with the little off-brand Star Wars figures, like... And then Luke Skywalker and, Nicola, and they're speaking some foreign language, and then the boss man comes out like, blah, 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 "Get back to work!" And then he that was just a bullseye boss man, casual little kid, casually reaches for the broom, and it just tips into his hand. And it's like, "Fuck yes!" Yeah. Even the little kid on that fucking casino plant panic can use the force too. Fucking midi chlorian. <laughs> fucking midi chlorian. <laughs> it was awesome. Andy's new mixtape. And I think that that's that that's that was. <laughs> I think that that was a reaffirmation of what. Ryan Johnson was doing with Ray's character, which is to say, no, she doesn't need to be a fucking Skywalker. You're not powerful by virtue of your blood. You're powerful by virtue of who you are as a person. And I think that's beautiful. Mm-hmm. And I really, really hope that JJ doesn't retcon that. I don't think he will. I don't, I, think, I, he ha- I don't think he has the power to decide, but I hope they don't, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, 
Yeah, because I, I actually am a huge fan of her. Like, I, it's such a dark thing that they said that her parents like sold her for beer you've, money. You've always known, and they're dead in a shallow grave. Like Jesus. Yeah. And the, Holy how shit. good was that's uh, good. Adam Driver's acting there. Like, say it. Yeah. You, you what you've always known. Don't yeah. Say it. Mm. Say it. And she's like, they're, they're nobody. It's Stevie Wonder. You know. <laughs> <laughs> you know it's not. Lady Gaga. It's full denial. You're getting further away. <laughs> Uh, warmer <laughs> <laughs> Lady Gaga <laughs> but I, I, I what do you guys think of this because this is my my theory um, at, at the end of the movie I had a, I have a friend of mine who fucking hates Ray. Mm. He's always hated Ray he, since The Force Awakens. Oh, he's a misogynist. Okay. <laughs> yes. The Force the Force has not woken him. He was one of the yeah. He was one of those people that like saw Force Awakens and was like, oh, Mary Sue. Mm. You don't know what the definition of Mary Sue is. Yeah. Quit saying that argument. Um, but I was telling him because I always felt that because his problem is she's so powerful with the Force so quickly, and uh-huh. I I always told him like, well, she's learning stuff in Force Awakens through Kylo Ren because. She learns how to force mind trick a stormtrooper directly after Kylo Ren yeah. gets into her brain. She learns how to force grab a lightsaber directly after Kylo Ren force pushes her into mm. a tree. And then in this movie, they're so connected and they're always talking to each other to force FaceTiming. Hmm. And then Snoke has that line like, I always knew that the more powerful you became in the dark, the, the light would rise to meet, to match you. Mm-hmm. All dope. And so I feel like these two characters, Kylo and Rey, are so intertwined that they're as powerful as they're equal, they're opposite sides of the same exact mm-hmm. coin. They're always going to be as powerful as the other. What do you guys think about that? I, I, I love, love it. it. Yeah. Which would suggest that they both need to survive for there to be balance in the force. And I or love, they both need to die. How fucking metal would that be? That would be awful. <laughs> that would be awful. She is now the last Jedi. That's metal. No, she's not. He's a little kid with the broom. He's not a Jedi. Oh, he's a he's a Force user. Well, technically, neither is she. Neither is she. There's no Jedi, and now there's no more Sith. That's true. Which because is dope. Kylo Ren is in the dark. Now there's fucking metal chaos. <laughs> Everybody's using it. That's, <laughs> that's why. I, that's why I said that Kylo Ren has technically done what his grandfather started. He has brought balance to the Force. He is. Like through him and Ray, in a way, well, he and Ray have both taken out the the Sith Order, mm. and there's no more Jedi Order. It's just them and they're the Force between them. Oh, the Force oh. between them, which is a wonderful <laughs> spinoff romantic comedy starring <laughs> Adam Driver. The Force and between us, Daisy Ridley. Daisy Ridley. <laughs> the Force between us. With special guest star Warwick Davis. <laughs> <laughs> In the Porgs. <laughs> Gang banging in the Falcon. <laughs> um, yeah, I love it. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. I love it, Steve. Next. Oh, shit. You guys are looking at me. Uh, did you catch? I found an Easter egg out. Oh, okay. shit. That, uh, so the casino planet. One. The casino planet when they're like, yeah, well, one that doesn't pertain to Star Wars. <laughs> okay. uh, there's that shot where it's dollying in past all like the tables. Mm-hmm. I think that's a direct from the movie the 1927 movie Wings that has <laughs> okay uh, it, it's a, look it up like go on YouTube search Wings Dolly Shot shut up Steve it's fucking amazing especially when you think does like, it go how, down a casino table no it goes straight across several tables where people are you know playing games but like the camera moves in between their game oh, cool. and it goes through it does that to no, like I've seen it tables. and it's really fucking weird that they managed to do that in the 1927 it's, right it's, it's, it's jaw dropping <laughs> today with yeah. a glide cam I always wonder how they fucking did that no in 1927 idea. but it, it that movie that struck me so much like oh that's wings 
Hmm. Oh, wings. Oh, wings. Uh, okay, so I guess we'll go into the things I didn't like. Okay, I've got a couple. I'll start us off. Go for it. I don't like how much fan service was utilized, even though Ryan Johnson did his best to subvert fan service and fan expectation and make a fucking film, you children. Uh, like, like BB-8 what? was too cool. I didn't like that he was like... Um, Hiding in an ATST, like Get the fuck out. Bum, 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 bum. <laughs> that was awesome. He's not a chicken, but you know what I mean. Like, like, who's killing everyone? Oh, it's the fucking ball. Cool. How off-putting would that be if droids make chicken noises? And like, or <laughs> two. <laughs> I don't know why I couldn't do beep boop beep boop. I went. Um, anywho. Um, I, I, mean, get, like, I get the impression you liked the uh, ATST He loves TV BB-8. BB-8 is America's sweetheart. Yes. <laughs> yes, she is great. Yes. And then they're putting coins in her. Okay, I don't like the female thing anymore. They're putting, <laughs> <laughs> like dropping the coin and it was cute because like the guy thinks it's a fucking, you know, uh, what's it called? Slot machine. Slot machine. Yeah. Because he's drunk. Somebody that's, told me that that was Mark Hamill doing the mocap for that. <laughs> I don't know if that's true. Why would that matter? That's <laughs> awesome. But, and then like shooting the million coins later at the, I'm just like... I don't know. I don't know. That's a small tiff in an otherwise great thing. Um, I okay. That's a, there's a huge thing I was about to say. What about one of yours? One of your cons? Oh, uh, we already kind of briefly touched on it, but that was uh, Leia's space swim. Yeah, that was what I was about to say. That was too big. <laughs> so, how crazy is it that they didn't kill Leia in this film? I mean, this is another you one. You can't of those say you things. weren't shocked, but I, well, it's one of those things where we knew that they had finished filming before she died and there's no way to undo short of reshooting three quarters of the movie. There's no way to undo the fact that she lived. Um, because but when she gets jettisoned in space in the film, knowing that Carrie Fisher's dead, I mean, for me, I don't know. I lost all logic of knowing when the shooting schedule happened and was like, there it is. Yeah. And then she like force floats back and which I hated. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure it's gorgeous and I want to rewatch it. But at the time, that was still during my like, uh oh, you know, phase. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, shit, they did it. And they did it early. Yeah. Cause this is like 20 minutes into the movie. Yeah. yeah. Um, I didn't love it either. It lingered a little too long. And I think that was just an homage thing. I loved that we got to see Leia use the force because it's kind of been male exclusive up to this point. Well, we know she uses the force, but she's never like, used yeah, but it it's so, so she's, obviously it's, she's keeping tabs on her fucking boyfriend. You know what I yeah. mean? Like that's about right. all she's ever used the force for. And this was like, she used Who's it for her boyfriend. Her. Well, Luke and then Han after Who's she finds boyfriend? out that <laughs> after she you finds know. out that it's her. Um, yeah, twin okay. says, I agree with that con. Um, another one. Well, kind of, adding a little bit to that con it, I mean it's it's a silly I don't know why they have her in Superman pose because mm-hmm. it's kind of a silly look but the thing that really kind of bugged me and this kind of went back to what I mentioned earlier about Holdo's sacrifices they just casually killed off Admiral Akbar, mm-hmm. which again is a big fanboy like like some people might not even realize who the fuck Admiral Akbar like is for real yeah <laughs> <laughs> but like they like I didn't even know that that character was supposed to be Admiral Akbar when he got sucked out in the space and then Poe Dameron's like oh they killed everyone including Admiral Akbar yeah. and Leia's Name in trouble drop. I was thinking like what those fucking Admiral Akbar what the fuck what? I mean what did you want in a movie that chock Again, full of characters who are sidelined you but, wanted Admiral Akbar but Admiral the Akbar fish is such guy a, to have a good accent but he's such a big important like He's a fan favorite. People love Admiral Akbar, and I feel like you missed an opportunity to have a moment that actually 
meant something mm. by wasting his death like that. Because I feel like, again, you could have saved him, kept him for later, and then he'd be the one that says, I'll, I'll take out the Imperial Star Stars, and he does the hyperspace thing You're that Holdo does. You're saying delete the Holdo character completely? No, I'm not saying delete, because I, I actually think they did a good job of setting up Holdo oh, you want as her this, to live. I want Holdo right. to live. Yeah, she's dead, bud. Because I feel like her <laughs> whole thing is just kind of like, Okay, why did I why did I spend time sure. learning about that character? Because mm-hmm. I'm not gonna I don't I didn't get to know her enough to feel anything when she died, other than wow that looks cool. That's true, super cool. Um, that but was I amazing. Fe- but I feel like had they kept her, I could have really that she would have been a really amazing character to have later down the line. But they had these characters that would have made you feel something in that moment of her sacrifice, and that could have been an Admiral Akbar, that could have been a Leia, mm-hmm. and I feel like. That was a wasted opportunity. Could have been BB-8. I, that's fair. Oh, you shut your goddamn mouth! <laughs> no one can hurt BB-8. You just like throw it in light speed. Like, <laughs> 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 um, Hans Dice. Uh huh. Wasn't that weird? That they were astral projection dice. <laughs> that was kind of weird. <laughs> but I, I want you guys to help me out with this. That's not a thing, right? That like, Han had dice. I understand that that was like the physical representation of like this is Han. Uh-huh. This is like remind you of Han. But that was never a thing like in the other movies. Like Han's got dice that he just. Oh, he. I, I didn't know that. I'm pretty sure that yes, they were in the originals. And in the Force Awakens, he hangs them. When does he hang them? Like when he takes the Falcon back. Just like right, right when he first comes back, and he's like Chewie Rome, and yeah. he puts him up like right it's around like, that time. It's like when he. Gets first in the gets in the not when he gets in the cockpit and like st- puts his arm around the seat and is like looking around, but it's like shortly after okay. that, yeah. Because that was one thing where I was wondering, like I don't remember that being an established thing. Like that's Han, but my wife did say something that I thought was super smart at the time. But Nan- now Andy has me questioning whether or not that's real. But she thought like, well, that's probably going to come up in the Han Solo movie that comes out next year. Is Han's going to have this dice? Oh. Probably, but I, I feel like that would have—I don't know. I just assume because I'm, I'm not a huge positive fan. that he hangs like, dice. What the, the fuck would be Awakens. the point of that if that hadn't been somewhere in the old movies? Right, right. Because uh, uh, my best friend Phil—he's we met because of Star Wars. That's why we're friends. He would like turn to me as like, so what was the dice? Like, <laughs> I know it's been a while. But I don't remember Han having dice. Is that a thing? I, I think it was Luke's trying to be like, make a statement like, hey, you're going to kill me. No dice. I feel like that's. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that is way too big a thing for, for it not to have been a thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, this is my last, the, the last moment with Luke and Leia together. Here's this thing you've never seen before. That was just a statement. Or a, yeah, an assumption I made as well. Like, must be a thing. By the way, back to prose real quick. Yes, please. How fucking incredible was the old Leia message from R2 with Luke sitting at the that. table moment. God, that I was cried. incredible. That was a callback that made completely complete sense. Yeah. It was beautiful. There's nothing you can do, R2. I'm not going. Help me, help me, one gonna me, my help. Fuck you, R2. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. Oh my god. Brought a that tear was so to my good. eye that moment. It brought many tears to my eyes. I cried during that moment. It was beautiful. Because yeah. that's what Star Wars that's where it all began. Mm-hmm. You know, it's because this fucking kid found this robot he didn't even want to fucking buy. He wanted the other one. And he got that one. And then he got the little message. And, and that's where Star Wars started. This R5 unit has a bad motivator. <laughs> you mean old Ben? <laughs> all right, what are you trying to pull here? <laughs> <laughs> that was really good. <laughs> uh, moving on. Um, 
I guess uh, back to just uh, cons. Uh, what was? I guess this isn't really a con. It's just more of a question. What was Luke's third lesson? I had the same thought because he does. He does the first. He does two lessons. He's, he's like, I'm going to teach you three lessons and why the Jedi suck. And he does two, and never gets to the third one. Hmm. The third weird. lesson was how to astral project. Oh man, I wish she would have had that. <laughs> that would have helped out a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Why didn't you run? Why'd you run off, Ray? You could have had the world. Yeah, I didn't know it was going to disappear when I got back. <laughs> no, Ray. Seriously, don't go save your friends. I can help you with that. You don't have to go. <laughs> this is all an act. I did. Did you guys like the scene where she kind of fought Luke for a second? Did that, yeah. or I guess specifically to Steve, did that strike you as too? I yeah. personally don't see Luke as like this. I know it's been a while since I've seen Return of the Jedi, but I don't see Luke as like the super badass fighter. I see him as like this, in my mind, a young kid whose will to try is what's epic. You know what I mean? Yeah. But he's still kind of a bitch. He's pure of heart. <laughs> <laughs> so when Ray is like almost going to take him out. Uh, and he's like easily deflects her and then she has a far superior weapon is when he kind of falls over. Yeah, they're like fighting with sticks at first and then she's like, oh, fuck this lightsaber. <laughs> and I love that he like force fell, like he fell to protect himself and then used the force to not hit his head. Like, mm-hmm. Ooh, I'm old. Yep. <laughs> you know. I don't know. So Which makes sense because he said he was so cut himself mad. off of the force at that point. So that was like the first time he used it. Yeah. Right? In oh. He got his first force chub in years. <laughs> so you weren't pissed off like, look, we fucking destroy her. No, I was actually on the edge of my seat during that part because I, for a while there, I thought they were going to go the route of like, no, Luke's actually an evil bastard. And yeah. he actually <laughs> legit was going to murder Kylo Ren. And he kind of was for a half second. Yeah, but he, he was like, no, this is wrong. I know. I love that. <laughs> the idea of that, though, like people are like, no, Luke's still good. But really meditate on what that means. Right. This man. It, OK, put it in my position. Say that I'm convinced uh, the orphan boy I'm teaching is going to grow up to be a serial killer. And I walk in, put a pistol to his sleeping head, and then decide to uncock the hammer and put the gun away. (laughs) But he sees me like, that's super bad. You know what I mean? You've described how I'm going to wake up my kids. Every morning. <laughs> I'm going to pull, but except I'm going to pull the hammer. It'll click, and then I'll go. Not today. <laughs> Time for school. You know that's, and I love that. It's dark. You know, you know how I am about the darkness. I'm very emo. I am the Kylie Ren of this podcast. <laughs> um, I no, I I love the show. I think you just described like what should be the sequel to Minority Report. It's like, I know that you're going to do bad things, little boy. Yeah. <laughs> That's essentially what it is. Um, no, it's it, it, it's brilliant. I mean, it, and it gives the, the Luke Skywalker like that dark edge. And that's a big part of, I think, what Ryan Johnson's trying to do is make it a little more gray. I don't think he's ever was ever going to come out and be like, we're heading towards the gray Jedi. It's not the light. It's not the dark. It's both. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I think that that's a little too on the nose for them to do. Um, but I, I felt like it was really effective. And during that scene that we were just talking about where they have their little stick fight and then she busts out the saber, I think he could have taken her out in a fucking blink of an eye. Like, of course, he, not a minute. When he used his little force push thing there, it's like that. that is a, yeah, no, I still got this thing. Like he could have launched her off that fucking island and then dunked her head with the force and just fucking drowned her. You know what I mean? <laughs> he give her, he gives her force nuggies. <laughs> force nuggies. I don't know. I mean, but he says, and, and I love this line here and I think it was really meta. He says, this isn't going to go how you think. Yeah. 
And I think that that is a the way of the film, a, a yeah. wink at, at the audience. That's one of several because he has that line, and then Kylo Ren's always saying, you know, let the past die, mm-hmm. kill it, and it's like, yeah, get rid of your expectations of what we've done already. In kill Star it if Wars. you have to. Fuck you, Akbar. <laughs> <laughs> I want to uh, still real to me, damn it. I want to read an, an excerpt or two from this article. It's by um, uh, David Ehrlich um, from IndieWire, and we can link to this in the show notes to make it. Um, okay to read some of this, but I just think it's, he says some beautiful things about this film. Um, How the Last Jedi liberates Star Wars from its past and provides a new hope for blockbuster cinema. I see what he did there. Mm -hmm. Let the past die. Kill it if you have to. That's the only way to become what you are meant to be. It's a quote from Kylo Ren. Did he put a link to Star Wars to make it okay? (laughs) (laughs) Quote from Kylo Ren also could be said to be meta about this film. Um, the last he says the last Jedi is the best Star Wars movie since the Empire Strikes Back but it's also a lot more than that it's as much of a new hope for the eroding blockbuster culture of 2017 as a new hope was for the emerging blockbuster culture of 1977 so he's talking about Jumanji and all the episodic superhero movies and we expect Star Wars to be more of that and Force Awakens as great as it is and very fun is very much that Mm -hmm. Um, and then he goes on to say an immensely satisfying experience that doubles as an urgent call to action for mega franchise filmmaking. The Last Jedi snuck up on us like an Imperial destroyer hiding in the shadow of a Death Star, shirking expectations at every turn, and somehow resolving as both the most ubiquitous movie of the year and the most unexpected. Taking the reins of the most obsessive fandom in the entertainment universe, a responsibility that would scare most directors into deference, Johnson mounted a bona fide insurrection against an industry that's fueled by nostalgia, grounding his story in a simple idea that was bound to ruffle some feathers and piss off some fanboys. If you really love something, you have to let it go. It's a notion that other massive franchises should take to heart if they want to survive. A la Fast and Furious fucking 38. Um <laughs> And I think that and he goes on to say that's a really phenomenal, a phenomenal article. Um, but I just thought, you know, if you want to go to meta interpretations of what this could mean for blockbuster filmmaking, it's mm. like somebody having the balls. And that's kind of maybe airless because there's going to be 30 more Star Wars films. Uh, but, you know, and I'm in. that's <laughs> I'm the so way in. I, I wasn't as smart as David, but that's how I read it. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like, holy shit, this is epic. This is going to piss people off. Mm-hmm. I love this, you know, and I would have been OK if Snoke was Plagueis and Ray was, you know, Obi-Wan's granddaughter. Like, I'd have been OK for that, too. But this was like, oh, fuck. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just think that it's an epic continuation. And I hope things like that um, continue for films like this. that They're able mm-hmm. to do stuff like this. No, I agree. Uh, like like I mentioned before, I really, really like the movie. I have all these complaints, but most of them are rooted in just a deep, you know, it's center of fanboyness that I've carried with me my entire life. Yeah, and sure. it's something that I have to unwind and get through because I'm really excited with what they're doing. I'm excited to see where they go. And because this and is their... I love to see you working through this, unlike most of them. <laughs> I'm like, you know? I'm sweating right now. <laughs> <laughs> You're like on a couch. And then it's just like, the porgs are cute, but like, you know... <laughs> I start seeing therapists yeah. for this. But no, like, I, this is obviously what they're doing, and I completely respect it. And it's one of those things, like, I said earlier that in, you know, 10 years, I think this movie is going to be 
a lot more revered than it is currently because it is kind of a bipolar thing or not bipolar what do you call that? Uh, polarizing. Polarizing. That's what I'm thinking of. Yeah. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> sorry. Uh, my, <laughs> this movie's really bipolar. <laughs> no, but it's like a really polarizing movie at the moment. But in ten years' time, I think a lot of people are gonna and look how much we're talking it. about it. You know, that's a phenomenal film. That we right. Get. I mean, there's we have to wrap up soon, and that we could easily say a hundred hours worth of more shit. Oh, um, by the way, do I, it. I thought of I thought of Andy. I was listening to uh, the slash filmcasts recap of this film, and David Chen said. How crazy is it that there was a, a, a mini Rashomon in a Star Wars yeah. film? Yeah. Because we saw, you know, the reenactment of perspectives on how, what Luke did to Kylo. Three separate. And mm-hmm. That's yeah. never been done in a Star Wars film. There's never been flashbacks and Rashomons and shit like that, you know, yep. or 1927 film throwbacks. And if that, in fact, is true, uh, <laughs> I, I stand by it. So I just want to I was like, Andy, would let, let it, yeah, Rashomon. I listened to that episode too. I was like, "Hey, <laughs> Rashomon." I guess we'll go through the the the, the cons. Yeah, more cons from Steve. Steve's um, cons. I guess like Hans cons. What were your thoughts on uh, Luke jerking off that alien into his Gatorade bottle and making <laughs> unwavering eye contact Andy with Ray? Hated it. I did. And then that alien looks at Ray like he fucking does this every day. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's like, "That's not milk." <laughs> <laughs> It's green goofy. Yeah, that's a really fucked up nod to his blue bantha milk from yeah. A New Hope. Which, yeah. You know, as a kid, you always looked at that like, I want to drink that. I want to know what that is. I don't want to drink whatever you drink in this movie. <laughs> no. Solid no. Hard pass. I got like the Luke's a badass vibe from it. Like, because, you know, that's really difficult to survive. Like, no, he's getting like Tom Luke versus Hanks. nature. Crazy Herbage. Yeah. Tom Hanks castaway badass. You know, not yeah. like warrior badass. But he's like spearing a giant fish on a pole. Yeah, that dude. was sweet. It's not everybody can can survive in that kind of environment and you know he just I don't I'm just pole vaulting through water and sucking titties whatever I gotta do do you think he's uh, uh, getting all the fish and all the milk for the little creatures that live on the planet that look like uh, Station from Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey no I didn't know about that either because it looked super abandoned and then all of a sudden there's like porgs and fish and I'm like okay something's gotta live there and then like there's a whole culture and the village and the comedy of them hating Ray worked for me more than the other corny comedy, I think, a lot. But uh, I don't know. What was an example of corny comedy that didn't work for you? Almost any of it. Oh, like, really? The tickling the Ray thing, I didn't like. Mm-hmm. Um, BB-8 was wonderful, but still kind of too much for me. America's Treasure? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. A lot of the little lines. Um, okay, I have a great example. And I, somebody wrote that if you, this point, like two minutes into the film, was going to decide whether or not you were in... And I think it's obviously wrong because I hated it. And yet I love the film by the end. Poe Dameron prank calling Hux. <laughs> like just super anachronistically. I mean, that kind of humor, I think, has never been introduced in the Star Wars at all. I mean, it was over Not to that the degree, top. Like, probably. Are you I, there? I, like the first time he did it, I was chuckling. And then I was like, oh, my God. Like Hux looks like a fool. And he was like this maniacal Hitler before. And I just now he just looks like a petty. I don't know. Maybe that's great because that's how those people really are. I don't know. That that moment worked more for Poe because Poe's established that he will do stuff like that. Like in the beginning of Force Awakens yeah. where he's like, what? I talk first, you talk. That yeah. was awesome. I loved that. I don't know. I, it didn't. I didn't. I never was like, fuck that. But I was like, 
I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> and I tell you, the moment, I, I tell you, boys. <laughs> Lay it on me. When <laughs> Lay it on me. The lightsaber pierced Snoke, you know, and Ray is holding Kylo's saber, and that whole thing is when I was like, sat up in my seat and was completely in shock. And like just after that, I was like, I don't care what else happens. This is the best Star Wars movie ever. <laughs> I heard Joanna was Yeah. And then they fight the red helmet guys. The, and the yeah. Praetorian guards. Praetorian guards. <laughs> and it's a little nod to the Imperial guards that uh, used to walk around with mm-hmm. the Emperor, which is fucking dope. But they had that badass fight. And then like the ones got the drop on uh, Kylo, which probably wouldn't happen. But that's okay. We're going to assume these Praetorian guards are super badass. No, they are supposed to be highly trained. She yeah. throws him the fucking lightsaber and goes, that was and he just turns it on and off into that dude's face. Yeah, that was yeah. a clap. That was a clapping theater moment. Oh, my moment. God. That was so I've cool. always wanted to see that in a movie because they've done that before in, like, the comic books. And mm. I always like, that would be so freaking sweet. <laughs> I want to inject a little female uh, perspective into this uh, because I was listening to yet another podcast earlier with a female film critic. And we don't have those on streaming things because we suck. Yet. But yet. Um, but I, I won't name her, uh, but even though it's in public already. But anyway, she read that scene. She thinks this is the sexiest Star Wars film of all time. That the sexiest. Communi- the communication between Kylo and Rey is just extremely sexy to oh, her. Yeah. Uh, and she loves shirtless Adam Driver. And then she said that scene was like fetishy. Because the, the, a red, whip. the red latex suits and like, that's how, I don't know. I just thought that was super fascinating and made it way cooler in retrospect to me. Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, the, the, the sexual chemistry and, between the two of them is well, off the charts in this movie. Absolutely. Yes. And I lo- some people said they didn't like the line where she was like, can you put a shirt on? And, you know, I love that, that she's like, young and inexperienced she's and flustered. she's like not okay with her feelings and she's trying uh-huh. to be cool. And like, I yeah. think that that's great characterization and. I want to have a serious talk about the Force, but you're going to need to mop the floor first. And can we have sex in a Star Wars film, please? Like, it's a part of life. Let's quit denying <laughs> it. I know most of them are PG, but, you know, I love that they're doing that because before, it's not really a thing. Well, they did slip a coin into BB-8. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't think it was a slot machine. He's just like, let me see your boobs. <laughs> Is that what you're saying? Um, okay. Any more cons? Oh, the uh, the casino planet. The um, this isn't so much a con, more as like a, that whole sequence is just slowing everything down. Slowing everything down, but <laughs> the the point where they get on the the horses, yeah, the, the furry horse things, cat horse yeah, avatar so yeah. thing. For a second, when they the like, last guardian straight up the video game, yeah, <laughs> just minus the feathers. It's like actually, if they, pluck, they, if they pluck that beast's feathers, that would be that thing. <laughs> Fluffy cat dogs. Oh, <laughs> uh, when they like p- do that like pan on the casino planet, you see the racetrack. My first shock was like, "Oh, you get pod racing again, wizard!" <laughs> <laughs> but then it was the. But anyway, that scene where they like break out of the prison and then get on the furry cat dog things and are galloping away. My I, the whole time I'm thinking, this is the most Harry Potter thing. I've seen it as like this is this feels like Harry Potter and not Star Wars right now and I'm not liking it. Yeah. We got against Harry Potter, Steve. Um, that's, that's, uh, Andy's about to fuck you up, man. Bro. Uh, Andy potters like you star. <laughs> I do. I do potter like you star. What what, are you, what is your house? My house is Slytherin. That makes sense. Yeah. Chris, do you have a house? I'm interested now. I feel like Andy's about to get so mad at you. He's going to go like 
Don't patrol them. <laughs> no, but like and nothing's. Gonna but do you know happen. what I mean? Like that's a scene that I feel like would be like almost shot for shot done in a Harry Potter film, right? Totally, totally. No, I see what you're saying, and I'm a Gryffindor. And nothing against Harry Potter, but like, like I'm just like this isn't Star Wars. This is not. Uh, I'm a Hufflepuff. I love. I I agree. I agree that that scene uh, sucks. The whole sequence sucks. Um, And I think on a second viewing, from what I've heard, you're not in such a hurry to get back to the A plot, so you can kind of savor what they've done there and focus on the message of it, which overall is wonderful. That Mm -hmm. I love that twist. That he's that there. I forget who says it, but it's like you've never been. Oh, it's. I think it's Rose. It's like it's the most despicable people in the universe, you know. And you Mm -hmm. expect like a cantina, or I did. Which I think ah, is the joke. Scum and villainy. Yeah, you expect yeah. like poor people doing poor things, and gangster things, like me when I was a kid. And yeah, and like gangsters and people reduced to crime to try to get up in this fucking society. But nay, it's, it's a bunch of rich people who have capitalized on poor people and are yeah. just celebrating it. Which and is I a love weird that. But it was a weird story thread that, like, well, maybe they'll capitalize on it in the next one. But it kind of goes nowhere because Benicio del Toro has that thing where he's like, oh, it's both sides. Both sides are evil, and that's great too. You know I like the grayness. Yeah, and I do too, but then I didn't go anywhere. Like, both sides are evil. Continue having fun fighting for the one side. I love that where he's like, they blow up you today, you blow them up tomorrow. Because he does his weird starter thing. Which a lot of people hated. I actually kind of I was down for Benicio. quick with it. I wish he was in it more. Yeah. But the guy's like, we have not seen the last of him. Finn like basically blows up at him like, ah, you can't do this. You're going to blah, blah, blah. And he's just like, maybe takes off it's like that's fucking dope he gives Rose her necklace back mm-hmm. after he uses it to break into the room um they're like uh just to continue on the there's some frivolous things that they did that felt very like masturbatory like the thing that sticks out most to me is let's call Maz Kanata and see what she's think, thinking and she's like ducking and dodging and weaving through blaster fire like oh I'm settling a, a bar tab or whatever it yeah. was and I'm just like why is she fucking on a jetpack? why can't she just go hey Maz Kanata here let me tell you what's going on. Uh, pay attention to my comic book next time, and you'll see exactly what I'm doing in the jetpack. But that's what how that felt to me. And I, yeah, that was a fan service thing. You know, that for anybody like you, with how much you love BB-8, when he busted out on the ATST, I'm sure you fucking love that. You're like, oh fuck, look at him go! So the fans of Maz Kanata are sitting there like, ah shit, look at him go! You loved Porgs, and that is that is a plush toy sales pitch. It is, but the Porgs at least looked good. Yeah, like, I don't think I don't think the CGI on the Mask Attack is great. Adventure, I'm telling you. Oh, Look at those, yeah. like damn, they got round little mouths. Mm. <laughs> Perfect <laughs> size. <laughs> um, but then I guess just to get off this whole con thing, because I really hate being the person who like talks shit about a Star Wars movie because I fucking you were, loved it. We're basically asking him to give us things for us to yell at him about. I know. <laughs> like, I what know. else you got, bitch? <laughs> <laughs> Am I on trial? (laughs) (laughs) But no, uh, this is my last con, and it's the one... Because everything else I've labeled for, I can get past. I can can be like, okay, that's no big deal, whatever. But the thing that I think is the biggest con that really I think is the biggest detriment to the movie overall is slow the fuck down sometimes. This was... I feel like they were just rushing through like most of the movie, and there were some scenes that I felt like let that breathe a little bit. Like there was stuff and you can even like, you could have cut the fucking casino planet and let other scenes just breathe and let the characters kind of breathe a little bit more. Cause I, especially in the beginning, they're like battle, 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 battle. Oh, we got to escape. Oh, now oh, we're getting shot at battle, 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 battle. Oh, Ray's training now. Like it kind of slows down on that part, but there's so many other character moments. I feel like if they just put the foot off the gas pedal just a little bit, 
The only time where I felt that, and I felt it a lot during this scene, was um, when uh, Finn is trying to escape and Rose catches him. And I love that sequence for she's such a fangirl, oh, yeah. you know what I mean? She's like, <laughs> you're Finn. Oh my God, you're Finn. You're the guy that turned away from the first star. Oh, you're so cool. Fuck you doing, dude? But when <laughs> they, when they uh, when he wakes up and she she's like, oh, there's something that's tracking us. He's like, wait, they couldn't be tracking us. She's like, well, maybe they're tracking if they have the thing, and then they say the lines yeah. together. Oh, what if they have this kind of thing and the fucking thing, and then we go, we can go stop it. Let's go tell Poe. Yeah, it's yeah. like, wait, what? And then they do the same thing to Poe. <laughs> and Finn's like a janitor, like, oh, they're hyperspace tracking us. <laughs> like, what? Yeah. How do you know what that is? FN two one eight seven. Nice. nice. I, I remember the numbers. Good job. Good job. Uh, we didn't I'm talk proud, about proud Finn at all in his fucking beautiful character arc where he's always a selfish coward who cares nothing for himself and Ray, and that's it, becoming like this super self-sacrificial resistance warrior. Willing he becomes the man himself. that Rose wanted him to be. And mm. I legitimately thought for a second that he was going to take out that cannon and die. Mm-hmm. And then Rose saved him, and I hated that until she said, that's how we're going to win, not by destroying what we hate, but by saving what we love. I just was like, oh, that's such a good line. (laughs) And then she ruined it by like doing a horrible job acting about passing out. But (laughs) I guess she was totally like, eh. Did you guys say cut yet? (laughs) But like, what a phenomenal message for this film. And I just can't believe that it's in a Star Wars movie and I'm sorry that I keep saying that like I know they're great films but the, this is the film what are you trying to say this is the <laughs> film we need like help me Ryan Johnson you're our only hope that's how I feel right now I love right before that when they're driving those fucking clunker things it's like great. Yeah. Right, we're gonna take down the fucking first order of these things and, and Poe's riding his fucking foot falls out the side he's like what the hell <laughs> like, I mean that was so cool and the whole the set and piece that was, that's a, that's a visually beautiful and set piece before we yeah. got yeah. to that set piece like I had forgotten about that from the trailers like throughout the whole movie and we get up to like they kill fucking Snoke and they have the badass moment between Rey and Kylo and how sweet was that where she's like don't do this Ben or whatever the fuck she says yeah Um, that was so badass he's like no let's do this together it was it was his fucking turning point yeah so dope Um, but I was like wow that was an amazing Star Wars movie wasn't there some like red shit and oh fuck <laughs> like we still have a whole rest of this movie to go and we still haven't got our fucking Luke moment which was one of the most iconic fucking things ever because he has his line where he's like what do you think I'm gonna do I'm just gonna go face down the entire first order with a laser sword it's exactly what he fucking did yep. it was so sort cool. of but it was even better not only that but then she, he's like it's more than lifting rocks and it is but then she lifts the rocks <sighs> yep great writing yep uh, gorgeous set design on crate. Uh, I love yeah. that you can't see Luke's footsteps in the salt if you're looking closely. <gasps> I didn't. There's catch no that. red footprints because he's not there. Oh, that's amazing. I didn't catch it either. I read it online and I was like, oh, that's neat. I do love that w- they have one cutaway that made me laugh so hard right before the Battle of Crate starts because uh, the, the, I forget who it is, but somebody steps on to Crate and like you see the red footprints. I thought um, that was blood. A lot of people thought it was blood, I but too. I love how they like stop you from thinking that because the, there's a cutaway of a soldier that's like, so. Yeah, I was like, it's not Hoth, guys. You needed that to get the Luke moment later. Yeah, yeah. So that's fair. Somebody was I, somebody was arguing with it about me, and they're like, "You don't have somebody showing up on the on the Ochto planet with Luke and drinking the water, and going salt water." 
<laughs> haterade is what that guy's drinking. Yeah. That's what I think. He's drinking the haterade straight out of that teat. What about alien service? <laughs> the hater, oh, that's so hater fucked teat. up. <laughs> um, do we have any parting thoughts? I mean, we're over an hour and a half in on our Star Wars Last Jedi coverage. I mean, there's so much to say, but anything, any burning desires. We got a hug between Leia and Chewie, and I was really happy about that. That was a uh, Ryan Johnson like, hey, dude, you forgot to do this. Okay, change. how about this? This We got to spend a couple minutes and we got to wrap up. But I mean, predictions for what oh, JJ's going to do with episode nine. Oh, dude. Now we're playing into the game. The game that got so many people mad I do, about this I will movie. admit this. I think this is the best. So after talking about it, I'm almost positive this is the best Star Wars film ever made. Um, sorry. Sorry, guys. <laughs> but I will agree there is less to look forward to in a way. I mean, we had so much to chew on after Force Awakens. And now it's kind of like, you know, there's like, you know, just as little, but there's no like cliffhangery theories and fun shit, you know? Yeah. Um, the, the, the resistance is officially the rebellion now. I had, did hear a great theory from, I believe it was, I mean, probably a lot of people thought this, but Joanna Robinson said that it's very clear to her that in the opening scroll, we will see that General Organa has passed mm. and that her, it'll probably say something like her death has um, spurred on legions of people to join the rebellion, mm-hmm. which is probably pretty accurate. Um, so, because she mentions in the at the end of um, uh, the movie during the Battle of Crate, how like send out send out help. I got a lot of friends that'll save us, but no one comes. Yeah, it's sad. So like, if she died in the beginning or off screen in the beginning of the next one, it would make sense that that's how they actually get the new rebellion to form. Yeah, like why didn't you come? Yeah, mm. you assholes. She's a force ghost. Like, fucking assholes. So, I mean, you didn't come. You didn't come. Just pointing at everybody. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's not. Anyway. So, they, <laughs> no. I, I came. <laughs> it's there. Sorry. It's the milk alien. Yeah. That, uh, <laughs> um, Your brother helped me out with that. So, I mean, that's a really vague prediction, though. Like, I predict that uh, the resistance will grow again. You know, obviously, I think what we're going to see um, some sort of clim- climactic encounter. <laughs> was, oh wow, Andy! I mm. was trying to f- correct that before I even said it uh, between Hux and Kylo, which is going to be. I awesome. think he's going to kill Hux. Um, there's going to be some big thing. I think there's going to be like a rebellion within the Empire, mm-hmm. the First Order. I think that could be a really cool thing. Um, and he's going to find Hux's lack of faith disturbing, I feel yeah, like. Yeah, he's going to... Hux is going to find his lack of fucking head disturbing mm. is what's going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I think that the fucking resistance has been decimated. So this is going to have to be like a recruitment mission in some kind of way. Or it could take place a couple of years after mm. the events of this film. It's very true. Yeah. Very, very true. Which is kind of weird when you think about it, because this one picks up immediately after mm-hmm. Force Awakens. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I think you guys are right on the money. I don't really have any predictions, because I don't know where this is going to go. This is a whole brand new, bold world. It'll be interesting to see if J.J. continues with Ryan Johnson's, you know... Uh, ability to kind of subvert expectations like what we're kind of expecting new world that has no people from the 70s in it mm. Mm. but it, like Chewie's you, still there if you went from yeah, Peter Mayhew and Anthony Daniels and well okay you Kenny know Baker's what I was dad. like trying oh, to no. do <laughs> <laughs> but it's interesting because you uh, expect that you would have another Starkiller okay. base or something like that like I if you're going seen... by I haven't seen Return of the Jedi in a long time, so it's going to... 
because despite what people are saying, this still echoed Empire quite a lot. Yeah. You know, the isolated training area. Uh, some people compared the Las Vegas to the Cloud City romp. Um, sort of. Obviously the ATAT battle. Right. So what do you think? I mean, based on your mo- more recent Return of the Jedi viewings that might take place. I don't remember shit about that movie except the it's, Ewoks. Um, I'm And the throwing of the Emperor over the balcony. Uh, so Captain Phasma is going to uh, get her jetpack hit and then she's going to get launched into this pit. Um, Phasma's somehow still alive. Uh, do you think that she, her character was cool in this one? Are, no. are, are you glad that you bought those action figures this time around? I mean, I still think she's pretty sweet. She is pretty sweet. She's pretty cool. But they didn't do shit but, with her. I hated that she was in the movie. But I they mean, should have killed her in I still love Boba Fett and Boba Fett does, does, does fuck all in the original trilogy. So I did like... As, as corny as this line was, I did like the thing where her, um, she gets her helmet busted and you can see her eye and she's like, you've always been scum. And Finn's like, rebel scum. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. I did kind of like that. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Um, so we have no predictions for it. Let's just end it. This is painful. Well, I'm, I'm saying that, they, that they're going to subvert expectations again. Because mm. uh, like, like I was alluding to earlier, if... The expectation is they're going to make another Starkiller-esque base that the Rebellion has to, you know, thwart again. But I think it's going to be this First Order is subverted by a very small ragtag group of people in a not as grand of a style that, you know, a Death Star blowing up would be. So there's going to be an army of porgs on bringing on led by BB-8. They're probably probably breeding on the Falcon. Not with (laughs) (laughs) Chewie. Hey, 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 don't speak for Chewie. No one can. Chewbacca. Um, What a Wookiee. Oh, there it is. There's the song for this episode. (laughs) That wraps up our coverage of Star Wars The Last Jedi. Please look forward to us talking uh, very briefly about Peaky Blinders Season 4. God damn it, Steve. And uh, at great length about Black Mirror Season 4. A show that we are very, very fond of. And I think suits our particular style style very well. Uh, If you have any comments on The Last Jedi or future things that we should talk about, please email streamingthingspod at gmail.com. You can find me on Twitter at CMichaelRudd. I actually use that. Or our Twitter handle for the show at streamthingspod on Twitter. Andy, aren't you on the twat? Not really. (laughs) Steve, cmayfilmsshit.com. Steveshit.org. Steve Naked. That's my other website. <laughs> Steve May Films. Follow me on Twitter, Steve May 13, because I'm super creative. I love that. <laughs> Steve May 13. It's like you got an internet connection at your house, and your mom's like, get off of Twitter, Steve. It's time to go to bed. <laughs> Sorry, I'm Steve guys. May 13 to you, mom. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, thank you so much for listening. We love all of your uh, feedback. And again, please review us so that more people can, can find us. Get, get on the iTunes. Type out five stars. Let us know what you thought of The Last Jedi, especially you, those of you who that uh, who emailed. And Sarah, please send us your uh, mailing address so that we can send you your prize, uh, your Star Wars Funko Pop figurine. So do that ASAP. Um, love you all so very much. My name is Chris. I'm Andy. And I'm Steve. And we out uh, of here. See you around, kid. Bye. Like fucking Harrison Ford and shit, you know what I mean? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> but like.
Indiana Jones. Do it again. No, so that, just... that was Luke's last line. No, I know, but oh, oh. I thought say you... it again. Say it again. Yeah. See you around, kid. Yeah, it wasn't as good as the first time. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Try it one more time. I gotta hear myself. Here it is. See you around, kid. That's not good. Why don't you just use the first one? Peace, motherfuckers. That was, right, here, let's that was Mace Window. My name is Chris. My name's Annie. I'm Steve. See you around, kid. <laughs> you do it with your hands. <laughs> just use the first one. Fuck you guys. All right, we so were edit. Just having fun. Edit point. Yeah, we were having fun.